We have to. We have to. I remember 10 years ago when now the late Tina Turner sat down with Oprah and she told Oprah very honestly, I'm a Sagittarius, we're, we're very honest, sometimes a little too honest, where she said she was tired of singing and dancing. And Oprah was like, you're tired of it? She's like, Oprah, it's work. Because performers, it is work. And everyone's up there, you know, we're watching, we're having a good time, and you are enjoying the show. But the performer's like, hey, you know what? I'm not getting any younger. Uh, what, what can I say? I think a lot of people are sad, but that's a life well lived. Uh, but not a per- life is not perfect. Life is not perfect. Tina Turner went through... And endured, but at the same time, you know, moved on. Even though the rest of the world couldn't move on. And, you know, I was always taught, you know, you do something and then you experience it and then you move forward. You move forward and that's what she did. Well, she tried to do. And she was this performer and, oh God, this goddess on stage and, you know, we know her as Tina Turner, but her friends and family knew her as Anna Mae Bullock. Born November 26, 1939 in Nutbush, Tennessee. Nutbush, you gotta, you gotta put that draw in there. And, um, my God. I mean, if you're a child of the 80s like I am, and you remember the first time you heard... See, I first heard Be Good To Me, or no, You Better Be Good To Me, and then, um, uh... When she did the cover of the Al Green song, Let's Stay Together. And then I heard What's Love Got to Do With It, which is playing in the background. And, I mean, she was a performer. She was an actress. She was in uh, Tommy. She played the Acid Queen. You know what I mean? She was in, uh, very famously, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Beyond Thunderdome, you know, uh, Mad Max. She very famously said, we don't need another hero. She sang that song, probably one of my favorites. You know, she sang Steamy Windows, which later was turned into a country song. Oh, God, that song. She brought us so much joy. And then in 1985, you know, she had done a magazine article for the first time and it talked about Ike Turner. Because a lot of people didn't know, you know, it was kind of behind the scenes. She didn't want to talk about it. And... It was Kurt Loder of MTV who convinced her to write the book, I, Tina. And so she wrote the book, okay? She wrote that book. And people were stunned. And, you know, Ike, of course, denying, oh, well, that's not really how it went. Okay. All right. There's two sides to every story. Yeah, I, I get that. But when it comes to abuse, okay, physical abuse. But Tina just kept, she sailed on. And then the book was made into a movie, very famous movie, What's Love Got to Do With It? Lawrence Fishburne as Ike Turner, Angela Bassett as Tina Turner. Both were nominated for Academy Awards. And, you know, of course, Tina had to be back in the the public press talking about it, talking about a subject that she did not want to talk about anymore. And, and reminded Mike Wallace in that very famous 60 Minutes interview, they did two together, by the way, that Ike has already had two wives since they last married. 
and how she was done with it. She was done with it. Yeah, you know, people were inspired by her story, particularly women who left a bad marriage and physical abuse and started their lives over, which is what she did. She really, I mean, that comeback, that's really an example of a phoenix rising from the ashes. It really is. She played the lounge circuit. She, she only thing she left with that marriage, no money. She left that name because she knew what she could do with the name. As long as she maintained that name, Tina Turner. And then What's Love Got to Do With It happened. Private Dancer album. And it was, it was the comeback of comebacks, okay? <laughs> you know, she was still very sexy, very viable, very as a performer and she and I don't think she ever lost that even the last tour that she did where she admittedly said she was on medication for her heart and blood pressure and having to you know take time off to restore that energy because she was in her she was almost 70 when she did that final tour or I think she was 70 yeah so to really talk about in depth Tina Turner I mean for me it will always be about that unique voice because she had one of the most unique voices in music. Very unique. I mean, if you remember the movie where they're they're setting up and, and the mother's like, what the hell's going on here? You got to sound like a man. Hey, Miss Bullock, Bullock, that's what sells records. It's true. That's what sells records. But she had a very unique voice. Her sister did not sing. Her sister talked about they went to St. Louis they were reconnecting with her mother, their mother, and they went to Ike Turner's bar one night and they would pass that mic around to see who could sing. And her sister didn't sing. And she was bashful and she passed it on to Anna Mae, as she said, and boom. Boom. Also probably because he thought she was cute. That mic got passed to Anna Mae Bullock and boom. The rest is rock and roll history. And then got into a relationship with Ike and how he changed the name. Cause you know, it was originally Ike Turner's band. And then he changed her name to Tina because she said he knew he could own her as long as he had, you know, uh, patented that name, Tina Turner. She was no longer anime Bullock. What a, what a long, long career. What a long life, 83 years. And I think some people were like, Oh, you know, People don't understand is that when you've taken that journey, you've taken that journey. And I, and I think it's, it's good to say that she, she had found her nirvana. She had found her nirvana. This was the last stage of her life. She was inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for a second time. First time was with Ike. And um, this last time, in fact, it was in 20... Jeez, 2021. She was inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and wasn't able to go. You know, it was, I think we were still in the throes of the pandemic. And, um, but what a, what a performer. What a performer. Even when she said she was faking it, it was still real. She never lost that. Never lost that. I want to play a clip of her talking about because this. I mean, I think this is what we all we all strive for: is finding our our nirvana, where we desire nothing. Oh, 
I was speaking to you uh, last week just before the wedding, and something you said really struck me. You said, I found happiness for myself. You said, Oprah, I found happiness for myself, and I think it's because I desire nothing. It made my eyes water when you first said that. Yes, yes. You desire nothing. How do you get to the space, that's where we're all trying to get to, where you desire nothing? First, it's a journey. You're yeah. born, you go through the journey, and then you leave the journey. Now, how you manage the journey is very, very important. I stayed on track. I stayed on course. Now, why I stayed on course, I had a wish. My wish was to arrive here, where I am today, in this frame of mind, and this physique, and this healthiness, and this, it, it's a it's a happiness that I never knew that that's what happiness was. I'll try to explain that. You're happier than you ever imagined yourself. Ever imagined what happiness was. In the past, happiness was, oh, I bought a dress. Oh, oh, I have this car. And oh, we just bought another house. Or it, just, it was all material things. Mm -hmm. Ah, yeah. There is one when I get up in the morning and I go and sit. I have a, a big chair in my room where I meditate. I sit there to finish waking up. Inside of me is the first is a feeling of, I say, I give thanks for this feeling. It's a feeling comes over you of wellness, of uh, a free, no schedule, nobody bothering you, nothing in the way. Just that moment of you sitting there where you want to be. There is nothing that you want. I have the house. I have the comfort. I have the cars. I have the jewelry. I have the peace of mind. I have the friends. What else is there to want? Sounds like Nirvana to me. It sounds like Nirvana to me. Now, keep in mind, she's not talking about smells like teen spirit Nirvana. I had to throw that in there, basically. She's talking about Nirvana for herself. Okay? And, I mean, hey, more power to her. Some of us, though, like to, I like to stay busy. And I'm a Sagittarius. This is where I'm saying... We're all very different. We're not really the same. Yes, I think we, most of us want Nirvana. With her, I think it was good she found that Nirvana because she was the hardest working woman in show business. In show business. Just think about that and how she wanted to maintain that, that power, that ethos, that energy. That's what it's all about is that energy. That's where I connect with her right there is it's about that energy. If you still have that energy and you can do it, you know what I mean? And um, to be able to celebrate her as we've all been doing, it's sad, yeah. But if you look at that life and you look at, you know, I don't think people set out to inspire others or to have that kind of impact that she had. And it was beyond the spectrum. It was beyond the fact that she was this black singer. It was beyond that. It was beyond the fact that she was married to a very abusive man whom she forgave in that very famous HBO interview. I've always felt that's what really got her into the Hall of Fame the second time was that HBO documentary um, where she really just, that was the last time she was going to talk about everything. That really was powerful. But she, the fact that she inspired people. I remember my aunt, my aunt was going through a divorce. Well, she had already gone through it, but, and she went and saw Tina Turner and she talked about that. 
Tina was on fire. I think at that point, when she saw her in 97, Tina was probably... Oh, jeez. And now we now we got to get the calculator. It's been a it's been a long day. That's all I can say. But when I saw the news today, I had seen a picture. I had seen a picture. You know how sometimes you just kind of know. I'd seen that picture. I think mm, Duran Duran had posted it, and I just I knew. I thought, okay, she's gone. She's gone. Because when people start posting those pictures and no words, it's like, all right, all right. It's sad, but hey, she's 58 years old, okay? Still, still had it, still had it. And my aunt was just like, she was on fire. It was amazing. So to be able to celebrate a performer of that magnitude who was truly professional in every sense of the word, and we're talking about professional, we're not talking about suit and tie no 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 you would not have all these performances she it's so funny is that people compare other performers to her and it's like no they pale in comparison because they don't have it yeah they may try to borrow it but she was the first if you you know she was really good friends of janice shoplin she loved Janice Joplin. At that point in the 60s, people knew who Janice Joplin was. They did not know who Tina Turner was. And it took Dick, I think it was a Dick Cavett interview. And I'm going to play it for you because this is one singer giving love to another. And how one would die so young and the other would, would continue on. And, um, yeah, that's, let's play this. Who do you go to listen to, Janice, if you want to really have a... Who are your favorites? Tina Turner. Sorry, I didn't hear you. Tina Turner. Yeah. <laughs> She's my current favorite. She's the best chick ever. Fantastic singer, great dancer, fantastic show. Would you be shocked if I didn't know who Tina Turner was? No. A lot of people don't, but that's too bad. Uh, yeah. She sings with the Ike and Tina Turner Review. Ike is her husband and band leader, <clears throat> yeah. and uh, Tina's the show. <laughs> Come by some night, Tina. She had a black soul. She felt her singing wasn't about anything else except the feeling that she got. And she wasn't trying to be anything else except Janis Joplin. Next tune is called Summertime. So that's that's the two of them paying homage to each other to to giving love to one another and um yeah Tina was also friends for the very famous famous performer in fact they were they were friends even during during those divorces Cher and Tina Turner yeah so to be able to celebrate that is is really amazing I love music I will always love music and someone like Tina Turner I never got to see her in concert my aunt got to see her I know a lot of people that got to see her and to be able to witness that oh that energy and that voice that's why you know everyone talks about the legs and the sexuality and the hair and the makeup and the energy and the vitality for me it's about that voice when you hear that voice and you think about what's love got to do with it and how she was singing in a very low range she didn't want to sing that low but then she just kind of let it go 
And um, she was the hardest working woman in show business. And I'm talking about show business. Show business. Because it's a business. And it's for show. <laughs> and um, But yeah, she was... There was nobody like her. I don't think there ever be anyone like her. And, I, and I'm not saying that, hey, maybe one day there will be another. No, no. That was it. That was it. And all we can do is just enjoy the music. For me, and, and yeah, we all love what's love got to do with it. And I love, we don't need another, we don't need another hero is probably one of my favorites. And I don't want to fight. And, but for me, and and in the sixty minutes interview, she's embarrassed by this clip. I could see why. I could see why. But there is a clip of her. I think it was for the Rolling Stones' "Gimme Shelter" documentary. And Dean Turner with Ike is singing, "I've been loving you too long." It's a, a Otis Redding cover, and she lets it rip. And she lets it rip. And the most of the performance is very sexual, but this is a testament to the kind of performer she was. Is that she threw she threw it down, and I love when singers throw down, and she threw down. And I think maybe there's that why she's embarrassed. This is just effortless, or not ever. This is this is fire. This is the blues, baby. So I love that performance because, yeah, she doesn't like it. And I get it. It's very sexual. You know, and, and I think some of us, you know, there's a hang up about sexuality and sexuality is seen as this bad, dirty thing. But when she puts her head, okay, she puts her head back and goes, ow, and then she just holds that mic and is just rocking that mic. And it's like, fuck, that's what it's about. That's why she was such an electric performer. Because it wasn't just about the hair and the legs. It's about that voice. And saying, hey, you got what I want and you got what I need. And she puts it out there and the, and the audience eats it up. And that's why she is so important as a performer. And then, yeah, you know, later on you have the songs that inspire, you know, Simply the Best and I Don't Want to Fight and... um but yeah, I, I wanted to talk about her because come on, that's a performer right there. That's a performer in every true sense of the word. Tina Turner was the best. You think of all the people that came before her and all the people that she, you know, was in the thick of it with musically and they were all gone and she just, she just continued and that was a testament to, you know, she had a path and she talked about that, was to arrive at where she wanted to arrive at. That's a tough thing to do. But, you know, and you can't compare regular people like us to a performer. It's totally different. Everyone goes through their own kind of thing. And she, you know, went through it publicly. Um, but that music, that music, I mean... When I, when I, even now, when I hear her voice, and her voice was very distinct, okay? Very 
very distinct. That was rock and roll right there. And then it became rock. And then she became the queen of rock. And there's a very famous Rolling Stone cover that I can visually see in my mind right now. It's Tina Turner, Madonna, and Courtney Love. (laughs) Talk about extremes right there. You've got the material girl, you know, magnetic performer. Doesn't have a voice like Tina. Then you've got Courtney Love, who's just Courtney Love. And puts that foot on that amp. I love when Kathy Griffith once says, Oh my God, I love that band. But when Courtney puts her foot on the amp, I get nervous <laughs> and the camera's down there. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, Steamy Windows, Steamy Windows. That's that's such a great song. Um, oh, yeah. Whenever Tina Turner would do something, people would eat it up and people would really eat it up. And I remember getting into a verbal argument with a kid in high school where we were arguing about Steamy. Oh, it's it's country song. I said, Tina Turner did it first. Yeah, but it's a country song. I said, Tina Turner did it first. End of story. She did it better. He just was like, hey, hey I like country, but sorry. You can't beat this. Oh my God. I love that song. Because she's got that grit, the voice. Some people got to fake that shit. She didn't have, she was already, she was born into that. Born into the blues. And then the blues becomes rock and roll. All right. And the way she, she jets those lyrics out with that voice and just, and it growls and it, and it bemoans, not bemoans, it moans. I mean, She's talking about steamy windows. Come on. And the back roads. I grew up in the country. I know all about the back roads, okay? Oh, I know about those back roads. And the car. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. From one Sagittarius to another. Let's go right there. That's where it's like, oh, yeah. We know about that back seat. (laughs) Yeah. Um, See, to be able to just... And I don't even feel like I'm eulogizing you know, and this is someone that I didn't know, you know, it was very, you want to talk about famous. She was not just famous. She was iconic. She was already iconic in the sixties and seventies. Nobody could ever just be Tina Turner. I mean, they could dress up like Tina Turner, but, and, and she had her whole, her own look. She had her own style. She had her own way of living. I mean, that Oprah interview right there is an example that she found her nirvana. People, not everyone reaches their nirvana. They can name their band Nirvana, but to be able to desire nothing, um, you know, uh, and we're talking about desire nothing um, materialistically. 
I'm, I'm sure everyone who reaches their nirvana still desires sex because that's not a materialistic thing. That's a, that's a naturalistic type of thing. Um, but, oh, my God. I'd been wanting to talk about her all day after I saw the news at work and I went, okay. You know, what a, what a life. What a career. And it wasn't always perfect. It didn't need to be perfect. And yet she stayed on that course. And as I said, she found her nirvana at the final point of her life. And we are, you know, we are just forever in her debt. In terms of as a singer and as a performer, she really worked that body. She worked that body. And so, you know, some people, you know, in terms of when someone dies at a certain age, I think they don't take into account also the trials and tribulations that the body goes through because it's physicality and it's, you know, and that heart, that heart can only go for so long. It can only go for so long. And, um, but we are, as I speak for, for those of us who loved, oh God, that voice, loved hearing her sing. And just hearing her talk, she's funny. She's fucking funny. Um, the so yeah, this is the podcast. Uh, Tina Turner, you are you will always be unforgettable because you were simply the best. But for me, yeah, River Deep, Mountain High.